Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. Now, three of the biggest robberies in the world were firstly the one that took place in 1987 in Knightsbridge in England, where they broke into a security uh, firm, the security deposit uh, firm, and they broke all the safety deposit boxes open, and they managed to get away with 1.5 billion rand, quite a lot of money. The next one took place in Brazil, was known as the Banco Central burglary. In that one, they also got away with 1 billion rand, quite a lot of money to steal. Uh, and um, then the biggest one was the Central Bank of Iraq in 2003, where they didn't break in. Saddam Hussein just sent his men and told them, go fetch the money. And they took 13.5 billion rand. Half of it was found when he was captured. And so quite a significant amount of money. You can see some people make a career out of taking. In fact, the guy who headed up the Knightsbridge burglary, the one that took place in the UK, Valerio Vesicia, he actually came from Italy, moved to London, and when he arrived, he was on the run for the, from the police. They were looking for him because he had already broken into 50 banks. Anyway, he made friends with the manager of this particular securities company, and uh, he was a cocaine user, so they manipulated him, and that's how they stole the money. How many of you know some people's career is one of taking, not making? But other people who've had hardship end up living a different kind of life. I read some fascinating information that in America at the moment, they have the most people in prison of any other country in the world. In 2016, there were two million people incarcerated in American prisons. One of them was a man by the name of Richard Miles. He was a teenager when he was arrested, just 19 years old, and they accused him of murder, but he wasn't guilty. Nonetheless, he got convicted, and he was sent to prison for 60 years. He managed to get out after 15 years of being in a Texas prison, and uh, when he came out, his, his whole life was, was, was shattered. He actually says that he was overwhelmed. He said, I was, I was overwhelmed. I was 34 years old in age, but 19 from a social or society standpoint. I had not dealt with the world, and I was literally scared. I didn't know about taxes and employment. The world was totally different. Imagine being in prison for 15 years, and you come out, and you don't know what to do. So what he decided to do after two years, he found a job and a home and he got on his feet. He founded an organization, a nonprofit organization called Miles of Freedom. And what he does is he helps prisoners so that they don't end up back in prison and he helps them reorientate back into society so that they won't reoffend and uh, be locked up again. And when I read about him, I realized he is not like the bank robbers, a taker. He's someone who's had an unfortunate incident happen in his life, but he has become what's called a maker. How many of you know there's only two groups of people in the world? Makers and takers. There's no one in between. In this church, on both campuses, they're either makers or takers. There's some people in this church, and I told you I challenge you, who don't tithe, they're just takers. They receive the benefits of volunteers, service, 
children's church, salaried staff. We have 163 of them, by the way, across our campuses. They need to pay, be paid every month. We've got families and children and cars and homes and bills and food and medical expenses. And then the others who are the makers, they just give and contribute all the time and give over and above. How many of you know, South Africa needs more makers than it needs takers. So I want to speak to you about the difference between makers and takers. And I want to say a few things before I give you eight differences between makers and takers. Do you know that South Africa is in danger because we've got more people taking than are making? I mean, you know, there's just heists and robberies and attacks and housebreakings and hijackings. People, we've got a nation of takers, and we need to be a nation of makers. No nation can survive without people giving, and I don't just mean giving money, making something of South Africa. You can have no money but be a maker. You can make your environment better. But takers want other people to make their environment better. They want a government to make their life better. Makers say, we don't care who's in government. We will make something of our country, make something of our lives, make something of our marriages, make something of our world. When the balance of takers becomes bigger than the balance of makers, You've got a country in deep trouble. And the world politically is teaching people to be, make, uh, to be takers, to be dependent on a system. And God says, no, you need to be like me, be makers. That's why our theme this year is create. We're meant to go out and like God make something of the world. But I'm poor, it doesn't matter. You need to make something of your life, make something of your world. And as long as you think like a taker, you will be defeated. If you think of Rivers Church, the success that we've had uh, in growth and favor and buildings and expansion, it's all come because people have been makers. The volunteers are makers. They get up and make things happen. Isn't that true? Across the board. And we've got to understand that when we go to work each day, it's not a punishment most people get up in the morning and see work as punishment. No, no, you're meant to work. You're meant to be creative. You're meant to go into the office and make something and not listen to all the gossip, the negativity, and occupy a space. Makers make a salary. Takers just take a salary. I want to ask you this morning, do you make a salary or do you take a salary? You're either a maker or a taker. And what I've discovered is takers often are intimidated by makers. Takers often accuse or oppose makers as being capitalist, like it's a bad thing. But no country can survive without makers because the takers would be completely impoverished. So we need to be people who give and do make things happen in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, and in our church. Did you know that socialism is designed by takers to do away with makers? But once you've done away with the makers, there's not much to take. Every country that's overthrown a system of development has ended up impoverished, poor, and miserable. Because when you take away makers and you've only got takers, you don't really have a society. And so it's very important for us to understand this. Because when we are makers, we are like God. God is a maker. The devil is a taker. Isn't that true? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God comes that we might have life, and God is constantly making, so we need to make like him. And we mustn't speak against makers as though they're evil, because makers make the world what it is. 
I was reading a fascinating story about a man called Frank Julian Sprague. He's known to be the inventor of the electric motor. He worked for a time under Thomas Edison, the great inventor, and he developed the electric motor that could retain its power when it was under load. As a result, they were able to build elevators in buildings, skyscrapers became possible, more people could live in cities, they developed trams, so transport became a lot easier, all through the electric motor. But the problem was he wasn't respected or acknowledged because people were superstitious or they were too religious and they actually opposed him. They said, man cannot sit on vehicles operated by electricity that you can't see and we shouldn't be going underground because that's where the devil lives. As a result, he not, never got the credit. In fact, he didn't live a life that was really successful. And in the end, Thomas Edison bought the patents from him and was more credited with the invention. However, in the 1800s in Boston, they did build an underground and eventually the transport system spread to London. And today we are riding around in electric motor cars and electricity has become a norm. But if, you, if you're not careful, you can side with takers who have like weird ideas Instead, it's the makers who make things happen. They change the face of the world. And we've got to be careful that we don't fall into that category because when we're born, we're born with an innate sense of taking. Did you know that? Do you know that Jacob was a taker? He was born a taker. Esau, his brother, who was born at the same time, was a maker. He always made stew. Took something to his father. Jacob, he was born grabbing his brother. A creper, as they say in Afrikaans. And God had to change his heart. We need a change of heart. Because naturally we're selfish. Notice Jacob's birth here. It's quite amazing. It says in Genesis 25, when the time came for Rebekah to give birth, there were the twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red. And his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Jacob was a born taker, and he even took the birthright from his brother that belonged to his brother, but God had to transform him. Do you know that the world is like this? It's first the makers, and then after them come grabbing behind them, the takers, and we need to change our world. We've got to go against the grain, and we've got to understand the difference between makers and takers. So let me give you eight makers versus takers this morning. The first difference between makers and takers is makers are investors, takers are thieves. When someone invests, they think long-term. They put in work and effort and money and they don't expect a quick return. Takers want things now. That's why they tend to steal because they want it all and they want it now. And it's not about, I'm not talking about criminals versus good people. I'm talking about an attitude. Do you know that you can be a maker and be poor, and you can be a taker and be rich? It's an attitude or a spirit that we can embrace. And uh, the more takers we have and the less makers we have, the, the greater our country is in peril of being destroyed. We've got to think differently. Makers always give more than they get. Takers take more than they give. And it's a completely different attitude. Did you know that Adam and Eve the whole problem with their lives was that they took. Remember in Genesis? They had everything, but they had a spirit of a taker. 
And the Bible says here in Genesis 3 and verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gazing wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. And then the whole world ended in sin. Isn't it amazing how you can have everything, but it's still not good enough? Because when you've got a spirit of a taker, you want more? People say there's inequality in the world. If you could just equalize it, we'd all be happy. No, you wouldn't. Because your problem is not inequality, your problem is sin. And we need to be people who understand this. And don't just give in to what the world says. In Genesis 3 and verse 21, the Lord now wants to stop them from taking. And it says, the Lord made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. God was a maker. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. If they had been makers and not takers, they would have been blessed. But instead they had everything and they took. And what was the result? They were impoverished. Am I making sense this morning? Is this helping you or hurting you? Just look straight ahead. You see, God doesn't want us to be takers. That's why in the Ten Commandments, he gave us this, this instruction in Exodus 20, thou shalt not steal. Hmm? Don't commit adultery. Why? Because you're taking someone else's partner. Hmm? God doesn't want us to have that which isn't ours. Thou shalt not murder. Don't take a life. You make life. Today, people want to abort life, don't they? But we're meant to make life. Don't have sex if you don't want to make life. Don't make life and then take life. You got it the wrong way around. You make life and you sustain life. That's what God does. Agus says in Proverbs 30 that he doesn't want too much or too little. And he says to the Lord, this is the reason I don't want too much or too little. I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? And others will forget about God. Or I may become poor, watch this, and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. You see, when you poor and you steal, it's no justification. You can never be a taker. Whether you're rich or poor, you dishonor God. Why do you dishonor God? You dishonor God because it's not in his nature to do that. God is a maker, not a taker. So when you take, you don't act like him, especially if you're a Christian. Christians need to behave differently to other people. Can you say amen? That's why we shouldn't take what's our, not ours materially. We shouldn't take what, what's not ours sexually. But today we just want to take. Then we end up with problems. We don't know why. You see, church, we've got to understand something. We've got to invest. Nothing comes quickly. Anything that comes quickly is when you steal. And takers are thieves. They want it quick and they want it now and they want a lot. But makers are willing to invest. I'll put in the work. I'll put in the effort. I'll put in the time. I'll put in, I'll, and, I, and eventually I'll see a harvest like a farmer. Farmer doesn't throw seed and come the next day. Where, where is it now? Yeah, yeah I stand in the hot sun. No, no, no. He invests. Are, are you understanding me? So the Bible teaches us in the Ten Commandments not to steal, teaches us in the book of Ephesians that when we get saved, we shouldn't be takers. Notice what it says in Ephesians 4. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. Goods, people, 
wives, husbands, tithes. Well, let me just stop there. I told you it's going to hurt. But what does it say? It must work. must make. Doing something useful with their own hands. He must be a maker that they may have something to share with those he needs. Makers always have more to give. But when you steal, you just deplete. And con conversion should change us from using our hands to take to using our hands to make. Can you say amen? And we should be people who contribute. Jesus was a maker, not a taker. And if anyone deserved to take worship and take credit and take admiration, it was Jesus. But everywhere he went, he made people better. He healed, he made, he multiplied loaves and fishes. He made the water into wine. Everywhere he went, he made, he never took. They wanted to worship him, he didn't let them. Hmm? They wanted to make him king, he didn't let them. We gotta be like Jesus. Harry Reasoner, in a book called Before the Colors Fade, gives a Catholic theologian's definition of work. He says, work is the effort of men and women to bring order out of the chaos left by original sin. You go to work not just to earn money, but to make something of your world and to bring order out of the chaos. You see, we have chaos around us, we have chaos in our world, and people ascribe it to poverty. No, it's an attitude. It's not just money, it's an attitude. And you can have little, and you can still bring order out of chaos with your little. Some of the finest people I've ever met in my life, from the time I grew up and I was being looked after, were poor people, but they kept their home clean. They had old, what they used to call, we call it Novilon today, they used to have lino in the house. And every Friday that lino would be cleaned and scrubbed, and then newspaper would be put on there. And then, then the lady who looked after him would say, mind! In other words, you've got to walk on the paper because this novelon must last us because we're not rich. See, it's not about wealth. It's about an attitude. You invest in your house and you keep it clean and you bring order. But we live in a world where everyone wants to be rich and everyone thinks they deserve. No, makers invest. Takers are thieves. Number two, makers are winners, takers are losers. See, makers understand that they, that they can make a life. They can make their way in life. Takers always feel they'll make their way in life when someone gives them something or they can take something. Makers find ways to make money. Takers find ways to take money. Are you with me? And then takers are always, takers are always on the back foot and, and then they justify. Yeah, now I'm struggling. That's why I took, you know. No, no, no. Makers never justify. They find a way to make a living. And today people feel sorry for people who take and are in prison. There's a new trend in the world where people in prison are considered to have a condition. And that condition was brought on by other people's wealth. Shame they stole and they murdered. It's because of you rich people. And you were working so hard, you made them feel bad, so they took. No, you, you, you lie. This is the, in the UK, people are not considered criminals anymore because we no, no, no longer consider anything wrong. Nothing is wrong anymore. It's only a condition or a preference. Well, then everyone needs healing. Now, God says there's right and wrong, and he hasn't changed his mind about it. And we need to get on the right side of him, and when we do, we're blessed. So makers are winners and takers are losers. But makers are treated like villains by takers. It's amazing how people condemn you when you're a maker. Open a business 
and grow it and see how they treat you. Oh, yeah, look at you. Look at your car. Oh, you people, you don't care about the worker. Well, we were once a worker. Now we employ workers. See, God doesn't care about labor unions and wages and strikes. God cares about productivity. Not that labor unions are wrong, not that strikes, you know, sometimes you need to. But overall, winners make a way. Winners don't let a system. Takers are always looking for a system to help them. Walter E. Williams, I can see it's getting painful. Some of them are like, I should have stayed home today. Walter E. Williams is a brilliant uh, U.S. economist and a social commentator, and he said this. He said, the prospects are dim for a society that makes mascots out of the unproductive and condemns the productive. Do you know how people revere people who protest? And this is what I think. People who sometimes protest, they're against everything, but they build nothing. Loud voices, heroes, everyone's behind them, cheering them on. But when you ask, what have you built? And how much personal money have you given to the poor? Don't tell me you want to be in power so that you can distribute the money. Start distributing it now. Show me where your heart really is. I want to challenge people because people talk about giving. I and mean, giving other people's money. Now give of your own money. I was reading about this guy in America, Abby Hoffman. He died of a suicidal overdose of alcohol and drugs. But man, was he revered. He was the founder of what was known as the Yuppies, Youth International Party. And the San Jose Mercury News praised him as a hero of the 60s who died with his integrity intact. Well, let me tell you what his integrity was so you can better understand this hero. Because the New York Times headed his obituary like this, peace and environmental activist dies. Well, he was an anarchist. He wasn't interested in authority at all. And... He was given such high praise besides the fact that he was totally immersed in the drug culture. He was convicted of selling cocaine and evading police capture for years. And he was known to have said this, drug dealing, although dangerous, is a tax-free way of surviving even if it borders on work. Why do we make heroes out of people like this? It's because we're listening to too many takers. And sometimes the loudest voices aren't necessarily the correct ones. You remember the 10 spies? They made a lot of noise, but there were two guys who were correct out of the 12 spies. Two of them were right, 10 of them were wrong. And we've got to be careful, church, because makers are winners. Takers take on a loser mentality, and then they attack makers. Number three, makers build the world, takers deplete the world. You want to know where the world is going and why it's been improved? It's makers. Takers just stand by and watch. A man called William Thomas Green Morton, way back in 1819, was an American dental surgeon who gave a, a successful public demonstration on how to use ether as an anesthetic. Put people to sleep and you could work on their teeth. It's people like this who make the world a better place. But then when they make money from it, they're accused of being terrible people. But they're contributors. Think of someone like Florence Nightingale. She as a nurse comes along and changes the face of nursing with hygiene, attitudes, mercy. During the Crimean War, she served so wonderfully and trained nurses so wonderfully 
that the death rate dramatically dropped under her care. The New York Times actually called her a ministering angel. And they said that, she, she, that her slender form glides around the hospitals at night. And every poor fellow who's lying on a pillow, his face softens when he sees her. And when everyone's gone home already, there she still goes around with her lamp checking on people. These are makers. But today, I'm not going to nurse. We're going to be out in the, in the car park because we don't get enough wages. No, it's not about wages. It's about spirit. And I understand that people are not earning enough money. I'm not against that. But we've got to be careful as Christians. We're not drawn into these causes instead of serving the cause of Christ. Because life is not about money. It's not about what you earn. And I can see you all jumping up and cheering and clapping. And You see, church, work does something in you and something for you. There's a book that's out of print now. It's called Why I'd Rather Work by a man called Henry Lee. At 71 years old, he decided to go back to work. And he said this, so I went back to work. The aches and pains gradually disappeared and the dreams sweetened. See, makers understand that when they build the world, they build themselves. But takers, they're just, they're just looking to take something. They actually deplete the world. They make the world a worse place. I read about these eight meat packers. They worked in a Nebraska meat packing plant. And the eight of them got together and they bought tickets for what, what they call Powerball. It's like a lotto that they have in America. Each of them put 75 rand in, equivalent of 75 rand in dollars. And guess what happened? They won the biggest lotto in American history. After tax, they each got 232 million rand. That's a lot of money. However, some of them would not quit their job as meat packers. You'd be like, I'd be, go I'd be gone, baby. I'd be gone. I'm off to France. I'm, I'm gone. No, no, no. They understood that the money wasn't the same as purpose. You see, makers make the world a better place. It's not just about having money for luxury. It's about being a contributor. One of them, the, 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 the supervisor, David Giel, 53, he'd been there 20 years. He came to the press conference late because he had worked night shift. And then he told the reporters, hey, I'm not resigning my job. I work night shift. We couldn't leave them in a bind. We had to carry on and keep the plant. And he said, and please don't come to my house to interview me because I need sleep because I've got day shift tomorrow. <laughs> what an attitude. Can you see it's a difference between a maker and a taker? I love what Jesus said. Jesus said this in John 5 and verse 17. My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Are you a maker or a taker? Because when I read the Bible, I see everyone worked. And they enjoyed their work, and they made something of their world. Moses was a shepherd. He was occupied before he became a leader. David was also a shepherd. Are you with me? So Paul was a tent maker. He wasn't just a preacher. Luke was a doctor who wrote the gospel of Luke. Lydia was a merchant. She traded in cloth. Jesus was a carpenter before there were unions. And William Carey a cobbler. George Washington Carver, a great inventor who was once a slave, but educated himself and worked for the betterment of mankind, and Beethoven was a composer. How about you? Are you a maker or are you a taker? Because our world is glorifying takers and making villains out of makers. You know, I was reading this, uh, this article about Corrine Meyer. She's a 
French psychoanalyst. She wrote a book called uh, Hello Laziness. What a title. And the subtitle of the book is Why It Is In Your Best Interest To Work As Little As Possible. Well, her tack on, on, on the work ethic, the Christian work ethic, was published in 19 countries. The New York Times proclaimed her a countercultural heroine, and the BBC put her on their top 100 list of famous women. Revered. But this is what she says in the book. This book offers practical suggestions for subverting the workplace. In other words, you can go there and try and do as little as possible, and I'll give you some keys to it. What kind of world are we living in where these people are valued as heroes? Christians should not be like that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not like that. Joseph was not like that. Jesus was not like that. They gave their best, and we need to be people who are makers and not takers. Number four, makers freely give what's theirs. Takers take what's not theirs. <laughs> See, when you're a maker, you, you deserve to hold on, but, but makers still give away. I see some big business owners who have made a fortune, and then they still give to charity, and they still give to organizations. Bill Gates is criticized for having the monopoly on software, but you know how much money he's given away? Because that's what makers do. They're always trying to make the world a better place. But takers take what's not theirs. When he encourages you as a Christian, make sure you're not taking what's not yours. The Bible tells me that Achan was part of the tribe of Israel when they went into the land of Canaan. The Lord said the first city, Jericho, is to be first fruits. In other words, that's the tithe that belongs to the Lord. Don't touch anything. All the rest of the cities are yours. But Achan took some of the gold. And I want to read to you what the Bible records here because we mustn't take what's not ours. It says, but the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Kami, son of Zimri, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, in case you didn't know him, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burnt against who? Can you see a whole nation suffers when one person takes? We can't live with criminals running right in our country and say, oh, well, you know, it's poverty. No, no, no. They're affecting all of us. You're paying more insurance. You're paying more tax. Less is being done for the poor because of takers. And a whole nation is affected. And you know, the principle is true of the church. When people don't tithe and they take what's not theirs, which actually belongs to the Lord, guess what? Everyone else has to make it up. And we're less effective than we would be if everyone was giving. If everyone was giving at Rivers Church, we'd be able to buy a building for Centurion tomorrow. And can I just say this? Someone in Centurion who's sitting in a cinema shows they're not a taker they're a maker. They give 600,000 rand two weeks ago. You don't even know their name. That's a maker. That person says, is a future coming here, and I want to be part of it. We didn't ask. We didn't have pictures of the building. We didn't say, hey, aren't you tired of the cinema? No. Just, we're just making. We're making the best with what we have. And they see that, and the spirit of the maker responds to the spirit of the maker in us. And they say, I'm going to help you make. Let's make sure we're not taking what belongs to God. And let's really make our way in the world. It can affect the whole nation. Number five, takers keep the best, give the rest. Makers give the best and enjoy the rest. See, a taker will always look after themselves first, and if they've got any left over, they'll give the rest. But makers are always looking to give the best, 
And then they find God blesses the rest. You know, when you study the scriptures in the book of Acts, you find a maker called Barnabas. He sells a field and he gives the money to the apostles. Let me read it to you because you can see the spirit of a maker here. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. It was his. He surrendered. But he's a maker. He had obviously made money. He had obviously bought property. He understood, hey, I know how to make money, but here the church needs help. Let me help make the church better. See, a spirit of a maker exists everywhere. It doesn't just exist in offerings. It's, it's a spirit you've got. But then you come across a group of people who watched him and a husband and wife called Ananias and Sapphira. They thought, hey, that looks like a spirit of a maker. Let's pretend. But the spirit of a taker can't pretend to be the spirit of a maker. The spirit of a taker needs a heart change to be the spirit of a maker. Jacob was born a taker. He needed a metamorphosis and an encounter with God to become a maker. I want to read to you what it says here with Ananias and Sapphira. Notice the wording in the Bible. It's so significant. Acts 5. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. Oh, check what he did. Let's do it too. And it says, with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the what? The rest. And put it at the apostles' feet. You see, takers always keep the best and give the rest. But makers give the best and keep the rest because they know God will bless when they give. You need to be a maker, church. Isn't that true? And makers always give God everything, but takers always keep back a portion. And it's terrible when people give to be seen. Politicians are very good at this. They love to be seen to be generous. They'll go and touch babies, and they'll talk about how they want to help the poor. But examine their bank statements, and let's see how much money they're giving before they're elected. Because if they really care, why aren't they doing it now, before they're in a position? Pastor Bill, and I don't use the Rivers Foundation as, oh, Rivers Church, we give. No, no, we, and then Rivers Church Foundation gives. Come on. And you need to have your eyes and ears open. You know, I was reading about Al Gore. He ran for uh, uh, vice president. He was vice president of America. And, he, you know, he's made those movies about all the stuff that's turned out to be not true, about the polar bears and stuff. It's all, all been fabricated. You know, his, his sister died of cancer from smoking. And he made a big political thing about it. He knelt down at her bed and he prayed with her. And she asked him, you know, for help. And he said, I can't help you. And then she passed away. And he said, but I commit to the 13-year-old girl who's just started smoking. And I will make sure that she doesn't die like you. But what they didn't know is that at that very time that he was saying all that stuff, he was actually involved up to his neck in the tobacco industry, planting and growing and distributing. These are people we worship. Now, don't get caught up in causes and don't believe every voice you hear because it's the voice of a taker. Let's follow Christ, the voice of the maker. And let's make our world a better place, church. And let's get behind the cause of Christ, not the wrong causes. Many of you would have read about a journalist called Gore Vidal, very vocal in America, very outspoken. He's now passed away. He once declared this publicly, that greed ruled the American heart and that the rich don't pay enough taxes. Most people would have applauded. 
until it was discovered that he tried to claim his Jaguar sports car from the IRS as a deductible expense. When the IRS said, no, you can't, he then wrote a whole article in the newspaper claiming he was persecuted. You see, it's very easy to, to express platitudes. But what are you actually doing? It's like Hillary Clinton who went to Pakistan and touched a little girl's hand and said to her, oh, in America we're so consumed by greed and materialism and the acquisition of possessions. I hope that that doesn't happen here. The little girl's probably thinking, I hope it does. She left there and went straight home and bought another $2 million house. And her and her husband went on the speaking circuit that, that year and brought in $40 million. What are they saying versus what are they doing? Because the spirit of a taker is different to the spirit of a maker. Number six, makers make commitments, takers make promises. Don't marry a taker. Because they make promises. You need to marry a maker. Who when things don't go well will make them better. Who will make an apology. How do marriages get built? You make apologies. You make date nights. You make love, not war. Are you getting me today? Can you see how basic this is, but how important this is? And I'm not talking about giving money in church. That's an aspect of it. We're talking about a life that's lived producing, making the world a better place. In Malachi, the Lord speaks to his people and he says, cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. You see, takers find it very hard. They might make you a promise, but when it comes to the crunch, it's not, and people say, I can't give. No, 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 it's not that you can't give. It's that you can't unclench your hand. That's why you can't give, because you're scraping your money. Say, so I can't. No, you can't. Let go, then you can. They'll promise you something, or promise you everything, but give you something. No, no, we need to be people who are committed. Committed to changing our world, to changing our country, and the same applies at church as well. Number seven, makers always find a way to give, takers a way to receive. You see, a maker knows that if you give work and energy and you have just a little bit, you can make something. I, I grew up with a mom who didn't have much money. She was a single parent. But she'd run a hotel. So guess what? She tried to run a hotel on a single parent salary. We had to set the table with serviettes, two forks, two knives, two spoons. Are we having dessert? I don't see any. Just wait. She'd take all the old bread and cut it up and put it in the bottom of the oven, make croutons. She'd buy a cup of soup and add leftover food to it. What if people come? So we'd have soup. I'd always have to put the soup plate on the dinner plate. And then we use the one spoon and then you know, I had to use the right one. Starter, mom, lettuce and tomato. She, she knew how to make something out of little. Taught me how to be a maker. In the end, I started a business in my lounge on a table. I tell people, they're like, huh? Yeah, because makers find a way to win. They don't just write books about it. 
They find a way to make a life. And makers, takers are like, what's the easiest way I can go stand in that line the whole day? <laughs> They'd rather stand in a line the whole day to get a, a measly contribution than to go out and make something of their world. It's a different spirit. And I'm not decrying poverty. It's a spirit and an attitude that, is, that should be in the Christian because the Christian's meant to make something out of the world and to bring order out of chaos. Can you say amen? amen? Takers look for ways to receive without giving. Makers look for ways to give without receiving. It's a different spirit. Let me give you an example. There was a pastor who had just come out of Bible school. He was still a young man, early 20s, and the Bible college then sent him out as part of his first assignment before going into ministry. He had to go around and fundraise go through the whole church, go to other churches, go to people's homes, and raise money. So he got to this old lady's house, and he did his whole presentation, and, 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 and at the end of the presentation, he's like, I'm sure to get a gift now, a donation for the college. And uh, she said, young man, I believe in what you're doing. I would like to help, but I've lost everything. And his heart sank. Oh. But she had the spirit of a maker. She excused herself, he says, from the room, and presently returned, holding in her hand a jar of pickled peaches. Would you accept this as a reminder of one who loves the church and the college, but is unable to give at this time? There are many people in this room and at Kailami and at Miracle Offering wish they could give huge amounts of money, but they give something. Because they've got a spirit of a maker. They want to make it happen with rivers. But the spirit of the taker says, oh, Miracle Offering weekend. We're away for that weekend. How many of you met people when you, when you take them out to eat? As soon as the meal's ended and they see that thing coming, that black thing. <laughs> oh, I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> Don't look at the person next to you. Some of you are married to them. How many of you know it's wonderful to be around makers? It's not great to be around takers. And lastly, number eight, makers accept pressure Takers avoid responsibility. See, takers don't want to carry anything that's going to inconvenience them. They want it all easy. But makers will accept pressure. How many of you know it's, it's pressure to have a family? See, a maker will maybe not want to have children right now, but when children come along, they'll accept the responsibility. A taker will say, oh, no, you need to have abortion. It's just like that. No thought. Why? Because they want it easier. They don't want any pressure. As I close this morning, Viktor Frankl said this. He said, what man actually needs is not a tensionless state, but rather the striving and struggling for some goal worthy of him. What he needs is not the discharge of tension at any cost, but the call of a potential meaning waiting to be fulfilled by Makers accept tension and responsibility and they make something of their world. Let me hand over to Pastor Chris in Kailami and I'm gonna to come to a close this morning. I wanna just say a few things to you this morning. We need to be freed from a taking spirit. South Africa needs to be freed from a taking spirit and it needs to embrace a making spirit. God is always making. The universe is constantly expanding and God is constantly making and we need to come alongside him and make our country a better place. Can you say amen this morning?
by working hard at work, by building our families, by building our church. Let's get free from the spirit of a taker. How do you get free from that? Well, Robert Murray McShane, a Scottish pastor, said this. He said to give largely and liberally, not grudgingly, requires a new heart. You can't do this of your own accord. You need Jesus to change you. And this morning, what I'd like Jesus to do as we pray is for you to bring your heart to him so that he can change it. It's no good we sit in church and then we go out and we behave exactly like the world. We embrace their values. We embrace their attitudes. No, we need to be different, church. We need to be like God and bring salt and light into our world. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.